Hi, uh, and welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. My name is Regina Block. I'm with the uh, National Memorial for the Unborn, and I'm here with Jacob, and we've talked a great deal about what the National Memorial for the Unborn does and the fact that it represents an opportunity for those who've experienced abortion to uh, honor their children with dignity. So Regina, I'm excited to have you on the pro-life team. Oh, before I before we get started, does my audio sound okay, or is it clear? I hear you or is just it... fine. Okay, your sound's good too. All right. Great. <clears throat> so Regina, I'm excited to have you on the pro-life team podcast. Would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a small group of pregnancy clinic executive directors, board members, and leadership team members? Well, my name is Regina Block, and I am the executive director at the National Memorial for the Unborn, located in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, The National Memorial for the Unborn has been located in Chattanooga, Tennessee for the past 30 years, and it's located on the site of the former abortion clinic. And the story about how God redeemed that property is just amazing. Um, But uh, I'm just delighted to be with you all today. Awesome. So, yeah, tell us the story of how this abortion clinic property was redeemed. Well, in 1993, um, 1990, the the building where the abortion clinic is located was uh, in bankruptcy. The owner was in bankruptcy, and he had made a deal with the abortion doctor, uh, for the doctor to buy the clinic or the, buy the building. And the pro-life community heard about it from a, a local realtor, and they were able to raise enough funds within a few days' time to outbid the doctor for the building. And so that's how it came to be. Um, the Pregnancy Resource Center uh, was located uh, across the street from that abortion clinic at the time. And so when the building was purchased, um, Part of the building was renovated and became the the offices for uh, AAA Women's Service, which is now Choices of Chattanooga. Um, but that's where they were. And then they had bulldozed the other part where the actual abortions had taken place. And they weren't really sure what they were going to do with it. But the following day, after it had been bulldozed, they found an, uh, a note from a mother who had had her abortion at that clinic, and it was to her child. And so that's mm-hmm. where they got the idea to set up the uh, memorial for the unborn. Wow, that is a good story. Yes, it is. Um, so, so tell me what? How how long you have you been connected with this effort or work, and or how did you get started in pro life ministry or in abortion recovery work? Um, well, I came to um, Chattanooga. Uh, kicking and screaming. Uh, God has a way of uh, directing our paths in places that we don't want to go. And uh, so I came here uh, almost eight years ago now. And um, I um, heard about the, um, actually, I was introduced to um, the president of the Greater Chattanooga Right to Life chapter here in um, Chattanooga. And, And then she introduced me to some individuals who were uh, previously on the board and connected and had volunteered with um, the uh, National Memorial for the Unborn. 
And so that's how I met them. And I have an abortion story myself. And so I had shared that with um, a couple of people at church. And then I shared that with the chapter leader. And, um, and so she had, she was the one that set up the meeting with uh, members of the, um, the memorial. And so I finally came to visit the memorial in the summer of 2021. And that's when I recognized that even though I had experienced healing uh, from um, my abortion, I had not acknowledged my child's existence. And so this was a perfect way for me. It was kind of like the closing chapter for me to be able to honor him and to acknowledge his existence. And so uh, that's what I did that, that summer I came to visit and then I ordered my nameplate, and that fall it was placed on the wall. And uh, I'm very grateful for it. And so when I met these other people who had been previously involved with the um, memorial, in fact, the, the, the first director of the memorial, who was also um, the uh, director of the Pregnancy Resource Center during the time when the, the memorial changed hands or became the memorial, uh, she had been the director, and so she was part of that meeting, and um, they were telling me that they were interested in finding somebody that could come on board on a regular basis and uh, serve, and so it was perfect timing because I had retired from doing, you know, normal stuff, and uh, so I was available, and, uh, and so I've been involved um, serving in this capacity since um, January of twenty. 2022. So January okay. 2022. Yes. Awesome. I'm glad to have you on the pro-life team as a, a member <laughs> of about a year. Well, I guess almost uh, almost two years now coming up in a few a month and a half. Um, yes. So very cool. Um, so when we met at the Alliance for Life conference in Missouri, um, yes. and we were talking a little bit about this other project I'm connected with, which is a virtual museum on the history of abortion with an mm -hmm. expected release date, I think of March. And I believe your virtual wall, your virtual wall for your national memorial for the unborn, I believe you said it's coming out maybe in January. Is that right? Or that's, uh, that's our goal. Um, in fact, we hope we'll be able to launch it sooner, but have it available for everybody um, in January, because that's going to be the 30th anniversary of having um, gotten the property. And so we're looking forward to that. Um, right now, we've, we've, we've kind of redone our, our website. And so we just launched that and we're working out all the kinks there. Of course, that's always the case. And, um, but we have all of the, the information from all of the nameplates that are on the wall in a database already. And it's set up. And so once we get all the kinks out of the, the website, we plan to go ahead and, and put the virtual wall in place. And, you know, we'll probably do some test runs and make sure that it's, it's ready. But we really want to have it ready in time for our celebration in January. Awesome. So with your, with your run so far of, you know, being in this pro-life work, where have you seen God's fingerprints during these um, during these many months that you've been serving and working? I, I think the biggest um, the the I guess the the thing that I see the most is that there are more men who come to visit the memorial 
Um, it's, it's amazing how many men that I will run into who are coming into or leaving the memorial. Um, they, and a lot of people don't know that that's what it's there for. And then I hear their stories and they all have abortion stories. Uh, we've had several men, we've been doing some, you know, uh, some upgrading and some renovations and some much needed maintenance on the, on the memorial. And in every group <laughs> that has been there so far, there's been a man there with an abortion story. And so um, I, I think I've seen more men become uh, involved and recognizing their, their role uh, in the abortion um, of their children. Uh, and just a lot of people who um, had their abortions years and years, we're talking 40, 50 years ago, uh, I've talked with a lot of them um, in the last few months now, especially since the uh, overturn of Roe v. Wade. You know, they're, they're just a lot of them that are, you know, acknowledging, yes, this was something that was wrong. I knew it was wrong. And um, I want to do something about it. I want to honor my child. And so I'm seeing, seeing a lot of that. Hmm. What's it like to be at the National Memorial? Like, what's it sound like? What's it feel like? What's the what's the experience like? Wow, um, it's it's a it's a very weighty experience when you walk onto the grounds. There really is a sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit there, um, and you know, over thirty five thousand babies lost their lives there at that one location, and so. You know, you, you walk and you, you read the plaques and, you, you you know, you see the history there. And then you walk around and when you open the door and walk into the memorial itself, you know, you kind of overwhelm. It's a 50-foot long granite wall. Um, it has 10 panels. Um, each of those panels can hold over 500, um, 500 uh, nameplates. And so when you start to to read the nameplates and you see the inscriptions on them, you're, you're really overwhelmed at, um, the, the grief that these parents have experienced. Um, you're, you're overwhelmed at the, the magnitude of the many names that are represented there. I mean, we have over 3,300 plates there, but they represent thousands more because, you know, some of them are, you know, in tribute to, you know, six babies or 17 babies or 10 babies or, you know, they're, hmm. so they represent thousands of families there. And so, um, when it, I always go in, when I go in and I always spend time praying for those, um, you know, families that are represented there because you have, you have nameplates from parents and siblings and grandparents and aunts and uncles and, and just people who just recognize that these children were created in the image of God and in his likeness. And, um, they weren't given that opportunity to, to be born. And so they, they, you know, they honor children in that way. Um, even though they, it might not be their child. And so, um, I'm constantly amazed at, you know, the, some of the, you know, the wording is, you know, you, when you read, um, if I had only known then what I know now, or, you know, a, a, a parent asking the child to forgive them, um, or a lot of them say, I, I will hold you in heaven, you know, so it's a weight and it's a magnitude that you can't even describe to people. Uh, we have a, 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 
a group of students or a, an organization that comes from uh, Ohio every year. They bring a group of about 50 students, you know, and the students start to read that and they, they recognize, oh, this is not just a blob of tissue. You know, this is a, a life that was, um, you know, taken um, from the womb. And so it, it really does make an indelible impression upon them when they read those nameplates that are on the wall. And, and are these nameplates, um, do, they, do these include both those who were lost to abortion as well as those who were lost to miscarriage? We, we have a garden uh, where we honor those that have been lost to miscarriage. And in and, and the garden, we have brick pavers. And so those are inscribed for those that have been lost in miscarriage. And then are there on-site services in case someone needs prayer or needs um, a connection after experiencing a heavy emotional experience? Well, we don't have, right now, we don't have regular hours. Uh, and so uh, but the, the memorial itself is open from 8 uh, a.m. until 8 p.m. And we conduct a, a monthly memorial service. And during that service, we will um, acknowledge parents that happen to be there. We, we do this every month. It's usually the second Saturday of the month at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And what we do is we have a, a service and we spend time in prayer. We spend time reading the scriptures. And then uh, we read the nameplates that are going on the wall. And if the parents happen to be there, they can speak about their children. Um, a lot of them will read a letter or a poem to their child. Um, they'll t talk about how they learn the child's name and gender and that sort of thing. Um, and so we allow them to do that. And then if they're there and they want to place the nameplate on the wall, you know, right now they can pick out a place. <laughs> um, we're trying to... to to go in order and, 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 and fill up the, the first panel, but it's almost filled. And so, but right now at, at this point, people can pick out a spot um, because there are enough places that they can pick out a spot where they can um, place the nameplate on the wall. And so we allow them to do that. And if they can't make it, if for some reason they can't make it to the, that particular service and they want to have a service on their own, we make arrangements for them to do that as well. So. Hmm. So what are the, the plates, what, what is the text on the plates? What's it range from or what does it possibly include? Um, well, there's a limit because of the vendor that we work with. They, they've given us a great rate. And so um, the limit is 25 characters. There are three lines and they can place 25 characters on each of those three lines. Usually the, the very first line is, um, is a little larger font and it's, it's usually bold. And then, um, and, and for the most part, that's the name of the child, um, if they've named their child. Um, and then they, they will say things like, uh, or they might have the date of their abortion, or um, they might have the date that they found out that they were pregnant. Or, you know, and then some of the inscriptions are like, like I said, I'll hold you in heaven. Um, or please forgive us. We, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, or I loved you too late. You know, that's, mm. that's a common one. I loved you too late. Um, so th there, it, it's whatever that parent wants to put on the, on the nameplate or that grandparent, you know, um, sometimes they'll say, you know, uh, you're loved by your grandmother and grandfather. You know, th those are the kinds of things that we see on there. So. Hmm. Wow. It's so, so somber and 
Yeah. Wow. That's that's so. It's it's good to be rec- It's good to recognize that that loss and that life. Yes. Um, yes. It's hard and and good at the same time. Um. So, when it comes to the number of nameplates that are being added to the wall and the spaces available, what's the growth look like when it comes to this wall being filled up? Well, we we are hoping that now that we're we have somebody here on a regular basis that we'll be able to get the word out more, um, and so people can uh, in, indeed order. Um, there were, I think, a little. I think there were like three thousand and three when I came um, on board in January twenty twenty two, and so there are over thirty three hundred now. So that gives you an idea of how many have been uh, purchased, and there'll be some more that will go up on our in our service on on December the ninth. So, okay, and then you had ten panels that with each could hold five hundred, so you're about five thousand yeah, names. Yeah, they can all they can hold over five hundred. We have we have t- ten panels. Um, the the first one and the last one have, I think it's twelve columns. And then uh, the second through the eighth, they have 15 columns, but they all have 38 rows. So that gives you an idea of how many. So it's over 5,000 nameplates. Yeah. How's the the news coverage been, or has the news recognized this memorial? Um. There was, you know, there was always a little bit of, um, right when Roe v. Wade was overturned, you know, there were the, um, the news, you know, media that came and they did their little thing in front of the memorial, that sort of stuff. They know it's here. Um, now whether we get a lot of press about it is, is a difference. You know, it depends on what's going on, really. Uh, we don't have a lot of pro- we don't have protests or anything out here. Um, we've had a very good, um, I don't know, I, I would say a very good police presence to ensure that nothing really happens out there. Um, it's, it seems to be very well respected in this community, um, and we have we have groups that come from all over to hold services. A lot of Christ, uh, a lot of the, the uh, abortion recovery groups uh, in in um, like in Alabama and Georgia that are nearby and those here in the state of Tennessee will bring their groups after they complete their recovery um, program. And they will, you know, usually they will order their nameplates all together and then I'll hold on to them and then they'll come and they'll have their services here. So we have a lot of that. We have a lot of local organizations that are very much aware of us. Uh, but we're, we're at a point where we're really regrowing and really trying to get more and more uh, knowledge out there about the, the memorial's existence. So, I mean, it was, yeah. it was pretty well known uh, when it was, um, when it first came into being, cause it was, it was seen on all of the um, Christian television programming. It was on, it was featured on uh, focus on the family and it, you know, it was pretty well known. Uh, a lot of people that have, that are um, active in the pro-life community have been there. Um, thinking about um, Vita King, she was here. Um, Sandra Kano and uh, Norma McCorvey also came and they had a service there where they recanted their 
their roles as plaintiffs in those decisions that um, enshrined abortion as law. So, um, you know, the the, popu- the popularity has waned, and I, and I think it's because there was not really a, a concerted effort to keep it in in the press all the time. And so now we're just we're just you know reestablishing those connections uh, with with the nationwide organizations as well as even here locally. Cause I, I run into people all the time and, and they have no idea that it's here. So. So how's that version? So let me ask you this. Um, how, how might an executive director of a pregnancy clinic who helps women intercept them on the way to abortion or helping them after they've had an abortion how might you know what would be really good for an executive director of a pregnancy clinic, maybe not one that's local in your area, but for somewhere in the U.S.? What would be good for them to know about this memorial that might be helpful to their to their clients, especially those who are experiencing post-abortion healing and and or or um, who want to, um, yeah, have their unborn child recognized? How, what would be good for them to know? Well, the, 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 I guess the one thing that uh, really stands out is that, that there's a great deal of healing that takes place. It's amazing to see people who come in and who are weighed down with that burden. And, and they, when they see their child's name on the wall and they, they read the, the inscription on the, the nameplate, it, it, it's, 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 and, and we, we have a, a little, um, guest book that we leave and people can leave notes in there and they always say thank you for this place of healing you know i really needed to honor my child i mean those are the words that we see all the time thank you for allowing me to honor my child and to restore dignity to this child um and and so it really is a part of that overall healing um even even if we find healing for ourselves, it's just acknowledging that this child really existed. Um, it wasn't just a blob of tissue, you know, the 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 rhetoric that's out there. Um, it really was a child. And when you name your child or you find out the gender of your child, you know, because that's one of the things that we, we will do is, you know, if they don't know the genders, you know, sometimes they'll just say baby and the last name or whatever. Um, you know, we pray about that with them. We we help them go to the Lord and uh, allow Him to reveal that that child's name to them. Um, it's it's just a, another step in that healing for them um, to to really acknowledge that child and to give honor to that child. Oh, that's good because God does know the name, and yes, asking Him, He can answer. Yes, so. I think that's really good. Like that, that that seems to match up with how the Bible talks about confessing and professing truth and professing not not just just confess sin, but to confess things that are true, that are real. Yes. Um, and and I think it's and it's important for for people, um, all people, to be seen and to be known. And and I feel like a lot of these unborn children went without. You know, they they were um, people. People were blinded to them when they were alive, yes. and they didn't get a tombstone. They they right. were dismissed, and this is right. a way of getting honor years yes. later, but yet still getting honor 
in 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 the way that we possibly can at this time. So that seems yes. really healthy towards healing. And speaking it, really it out is. loud, yeah, that speaking the out speaking the inscription out loud and praying, those two actions I think also seem to align with biblical healing. Yes. And and it, it, it is. It's it's like a weight is lifted. Um, because they've been carrying this burden for so long. And and you're right that the the more we we speak it out, the the less the enemy can use it as a, a weapon against us. Um, because the enemy is the one that wants us to still be depressed and and um you know, just guilty and shame over and over and over because of what has happened. And that's not what Christ died for. He he came to give us life and life to the full. And so if we're 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 holding on to this, if we're continuing to hold on to this, we're not allowing his his death to free us from that. And so when we but when we speak it out, the the enemy doesn't have a a weapon against us. It's not one of those things that he can beat us up with it continuously. So it's very helpful yeah. to keep saying, yes, this is what I did. I recognize that I did it. But, you know, the one who was on the cross, you know, I'm going to focus on him. I'm not going to focus on this this error in my past. And I'm going to share this healing with everybody else so that they can know that they can find healing as well. So, Yeah, the, the words that come to mind as you were talking were... Um... Well, authenticity, you know, speaking truth as to what really is, as well as be, is, and it's okay to be solemn and to be sad mm-hmm. and to mourn yes. the loss, yes. Um, yes. but to do it in an authentic way and not to do it in a, a way of trying to hold on to shame, to, to right. hide, to hide that uh, secret. Uh, yes. It's better to, to not have the secret and to not let shame have power. And, yes. but yet to still be okay with, um, yeah, the loss in the morning. To grieve the loss. It, yes. We, we, you're yeah. right. There, there are no grave sites for these children that have been lost to abortion. That's the one thing that we don't have. We don't have grave sites for them. And so, and, and even those, some, some of them that are lost to miscarriage, there are no grave sites. And so there's an opportunity for them to grieve in a way that's healthy um, in a way that restores dignity to their child and allows them to move forward um, in their walk with the, with the Lord, and so that's what we uh, we are just so thankful to be a part of uh, for each and every one who has that experience at the memorial. So, when someone um, comes to the memorial and they, you know, as part of their experience, is there, uh, let's say, they want to do something to help you know, prevent more um, women from choosing abortion. Is there any kind of redirect or referral to uh, to groups in the area where, for where they could volunteer or to, where they could help when it comes to intercepting and helping rescue babies that are, well, in danger and women that are in yes. danger? We, we do. We have a list of resources on our website, uh, especially for those that are interested in volunteering. Um, and there are local affiliates um, in other states that we work with on a regular basis as well. And so we will refer them to, to those, uh, especially for those that can't actually get to us. You know, we'll let them know about um, local um, um, 
crisis, or I should say, they don't call them crisis pregnancies anymore. They call them pregnancy resource centers because that's what they sure. are. Um, and so we refer them to those. Um, and we have a, a list of those on our website. And we have them so that there are a number of them throughout the country. We don't have one for every state, but there's at least one in an area that's local to to somebody that might call us. So, and we will refer them okay. to those and to hotlines and, and that sort of thing too. So, Awesome. If a pregnancy clinic wanted to have their, you know, to be listed on that resource, would that, you know, would they, would it be okay for them to contact you if they wanted yep. to be listed? Yes. That's indeed. awesome. Um, so what have you, so from your experience in this position over two years, what um what have you learned that you think would be something for the yeah that you would like to share that you 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 know that's something that you think is somewhat unique and maybe not commonly known what's something that you've learned from this experience or work wow uh gosh i've learned a lot um i've learned that it doesn't matter how long ago the abortion was um it's still there's there's something about it that still resonates with that person that had the abortion. Um, I spoke with a lady on the phone uh, whose abortion took place in 1958, and this is well before Roe v. Wade, um, who wanted to keep her child. Her her mom um, made her have the abortion, and she lived in anger. She, she didn't have any other children um, all those years, but she lived with a lot of anger towards her mom, and she was able to forgive her mom before her mom died. And then that's what started her on this journey to honor her child. You just don't ever forget about your child. Hmm. You just don't. I mean, you know, and, and for some, it wasn't uh, an inconvenience. You know, they were, they were frightened. They were afraid. And a lot of pressure was placed on them to have the abortion. Um, and, you know, life goes on. But you never, ever forget that child. I think that's one thing that people um, are starting to to recognize, um, that it, it's something that stays with you. So, so, Regina, with you being in this work for almost two years, how how has someone else encouraged you during this time? Or how has someone else supported you um, as a new director in this work? Ooh, uh, well, I, I think the, the current board chair, um, this is what's so interesting. Uh, when I had that meeting back in 2021 with these people that had been involved with it, the current board chair was also someone that I had gone to high school with. And I knew that I, I recognized her. I just didn't know where. Um, and uh, she has been a, a huge encouragement. She has an abortion story, too. And, um, you know, so we, we talk about the things that come up. Um, she's, she's my sounding board uh, because she was the first director and she went through all of it from the, you know, from day one. And so uh, she has been the, the most help to me in, you know, how to relate to those people that call us on the phone, you know, um, and, and all the things that come with running a, a, a nonprofit like this. I've, I've been involved with nonprofits before, but nothing on this level. Um, and nothing where you're hands-on with those people who are um, in need of this service. 
the way that they are. So, yeah. And, and because I have a, a similar story to them, you know, you know, what to share about my story and when to share it when you're having those conversations. Um, our, our board chair has been very good at helping me to, to deal with that. So. Hmm. For, for the plaque, for the plaques on the wall, do any of the plaques represent like an organization who, you know, is honoring, honoring uh, abortion, you know, the, the, those who are lost to abortion, but maybe not knowing specifics or are all the plaques primarily for people that know specific abortion stories? Um, no, there, there are others that, that will just say, um, I, I, I'm thinking of one that says, um, praying for all the mothers, um, who had abortions and it's from like a Sunday school class. So, yeah. So we have, we have several of those on there. Yeah. I could imagine a, a pregnancy clinic having the name of their clinic on there. Um, in a, in a in a message that reflects their heart for mm-hmm. for those who have been lost, or yes. or even for really any group, um, for who yeah, and having a message that reflects their heart for for the the, the loss of image bearers of God to the yes. destruction of abortion. Um. So, what are your what, yeah? As we wrap up this podcast, what are your final thoughts on? that you would like people to hear about your story and where do you see your story going into the future? Oh gosh. Um, well, my, my own personal story, um, is going to be made into a film. Um, I remember the very first time that I told my story back in 2004, um, there was a, a gentleman in the audience and it was at a right to life meeting in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he said, Oh, this should be a movie. And I thought, mm-hmm, yeah, right. And then I told it again a few years later, and somebody else said the same thing. Um, but when I told it um, at um, the very first uh, March for Life that the Greater Chattanooga Right to Life chapter had um, last year, 2021, um, I told the story. Was it 2020? No, last year, 2022. Wow. Years are flying by. Um, there was... Uh, a couple there, they were film producers and they were from California and they had moved to Tennessee and they heard part of my story and they contacted me and they said, we think this should be a movie and we'd like to do it. So um, the name of the movie is called He Named Him Adam. Um, there is a website that's already been up. And um, but it, the, the reason that they're we're wanting to tell this story is number one, we want to let people know that there is indeed healing um, that comes. You, you don't have to beat yourself up for the rest of your life because you had an abortion. Christ died for all sin, and this is one of those sins. Um, it's not the unforgivable sin. And number two is to just uh, demonstrate the, the mercy and the grace of God in all of this. You know, he was so gracious to me. He gave me a glimpse of my child. You know, I didn't have, I, I always uh, sensed that my child was a boy. Um, and when I wrote about him in my journals, I always wrote about him um, as a boy. And, um, and so when I, I, I was very suicidal, I was suicidal for about nine years after I had my abortion. And so even though I'd given birth to another child, 
um, every milestone in my child's life just had me thinking about what I was missing. And mm. so, um, and I was, I was suicidal and God used this four-year-old child to save my life. And that's why we're doing this story is because he literally used her to save my life. And he gave her dreams about uh, my son. And she was the one that told me his name and every just described him. I'm, I'm overwhelmed at God's grace I, I, to, to have given me such a gift. And so, you know, we want people to know that this is the kind of God that we, we serve, a God who loves us and who cares about us and who knows um, everything that we need in order to to move forward and to uh, enjoy the life that Christ died for us to enjoy. So that's why we're doing it. We want people to know about the goodness and the grace of God. So, Oh, that's good. Wow. Well, this has been a really good, uh, I really enjoyed hearing your stories and reflections and I'm, I'm looking forward. When's this movie going to be released? Is it within the next couple of months or... What's that I, look like? No, we're 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 in the pro- process of raising the money to make it. So, okay, uh, we're doing the crowdfunding, and so if people want to contribute, great. Uh, they can go to he named him Adam um, dot com, and uh, they can you know, and there are perks that they have listed there for people that you know want to donate a large amount of money. So, uh, so donate a large amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're going to raise the money and, you know, we've been looking for places to, to do the filming, you know, locally. We may have to, to go out of state to do some of it, but um, I think we've nailed down quite a number of spots here um, that will help us to save some money. And so, um, but yeah, it's it's in the works. So Interesting. Awesome. Well, would you close out our podcast with a prayer? Uh, with the expectation that those who are listening will join you in this prayer, hopefully. Yes. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you love us. And we thank you for uh, this day that you made, a day to rejoice and to be glad and uh, allowing us to be a part of it. And we do pray and ask that for those who have had the experience of abortion, that they will recognize, number one, that you love them dearly. Um, that Christ died for them, and he bore this sin of abortion in his body on the cross so that we could be free to live um, the life that you've called us to. And so we ask that you will um, overwhelm people with your grace and with your mercy so that they can experience that forgiveness and um, have that weight and that shame and that guilt lifted. Um, We pray for... um, this healing that you have purchased through the shed blood of Jesus Christ to go forward through those of us who've had this experience and those of us who work with um, those who are contemplating it. Father, we know that this grieves your heart and we ask that you will help us to discontinue that grief to you and knowing how much it's going to grieve us you know, you, you put boundaries in place for us so that we uh, are kept from being harmed. And, um, and we don't recognize the, the enormity of what's going to happen when we make a choice like this. But you do, and you have, you have placed those of us who have had this experience in, in positions to help 
prevent this. And so we do pray for those who are um, at your pregnancy resource centers that they will indeed be your catalyst to uh, allow women to remain um, parents and raising their children instead of grieving the loss of them through abortion. And so we praise you for your gift of life for all of those of us who are, are alive. We thank you for those who are um, pregnant and, ex and excited about having their children and for those who've learned that they are having um, a child and it was totally unanticipated and unexpected that they will choose life. And we pray this in the precious name of your Savior and our, our Savior and your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>
our sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance, and iRapture.com. The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of iRapture.com. If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at prolife.team.